0: everybody, this is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Camp. And we are back for an Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's been a little while, Mary Kay, but we are two weeks out uh, from the NFL draft. We are recording this on Thursday, so exactly two weeks. So this draft process... Almost over. We've almost reached the finish line.
1: Can you believe it? I remember when we got to the end of the season, and it just seemed like the draft was light years away. Uh, And we knew that every single day between then and the draft, that we were going to be writing about this draft, talking about this draft. I cannot believe it's finally here.
0: Yeah, I mean, here we go. Browns are on the clock at 8 o'clock two weeks from now, and it's going to be... It's going to be interesting, you know, and it's going to be quick, too, because they're going to go one, and then they're going to go four, possibly. We're going to get into all of that. Um, we're going to talk about quarterbacks. We're going to talk about Jarvis Landry, of course, who, as we're recording this, uh, is about to sign a huge contract extension. We're going to get into some guys with the number four pick. So let's start with Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. Um, big deal. About $15 million a year yep. uh, for the guy they acquired from Miami who's was going to play on the franchise tag this year, which was, what, $16 million, I think? Almost, yeah. Um, so... You know, that I don't want to say this came out of nowhere. I think people expected the Browns to maybe look into a long-term deal, but this is a lot of money for Jarvis Landry.
1: Well, it is when you consider the fact that up to this point in his career, he really has been a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. And this makes him the highest-paid slot receiver by far in the NFL. You usually don't make this kind of money unless you're the number one receiver on a team yeah. now, if Josh Gordon uh, sticks around and is there every single day, he's slated to be that X receiver, that number one guy. Now, oddly enough, they have the money to pay Jarvis Landry in part because Josh Gordon, <laughs> your star receiver, because of everything that he's been through, is only set to make seven hundred and ninety thousand yeah. dollars this year. That is basically the veteran minimum for. For a player of of his caliber, I mean, not of his caliber, for the, the length of service, that is the veteran minimum. So it's incredible that you know you, you look out there and you're going to see Pro Bowler Josh Gordon and Pro Bowler Jarvis Landry. The discrepancy in salary <laughs> is mind boggling.
0: Yeah, well, and this is the other thing. Um, Kevin Clark from the Ringer has made this point uh, on his podcast a few times, where when you have a the Browns are going to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Obviously, they have Tyrod Taylor too, who's making 16 million this year. But you're seeing teams now have these quarterbacks on rookie deals, and in those four or five years, they're spending a ton of money on guys around them before they have to start paying that quarterback. And, and this sort of, this kind of fits into that model a little bit.
1: Yeah, it does. It really does, um, because you know by the time uh, the new quarterback is ready to get rolling, you mm-hmm. know you're going to you know you're going to have to start to wonder. You know how long is Josh Gordon going to be playing? How yeah. long is how long is Jarvis Landry going to be playing? You know this—he's 25 years old right now. By the time he gets to the end of this contract, you know he'll be 29 years old. So, um, or actually, he'll be 30 years old. This yeah. is a five-year yeah. contract. Um, so again, we don't know how it, you know, how it's front loaded or whatever. We know that there's about $47 million guaranteed. So in that scenario, you would expect that he would play at least three years, you know, for him to really fulfill this contract.
0: Yeah. And the, so the structure of the contract is important because, you know, if this is a front loaded contract and let's say it doesn't work out yeah, and they cut him in two years, obviously that makes the contract a mistake. hmm but it's an expensive mistake from a cash standpoint, not from a salary cap standpoint. So, right. this, depending on how it's structured, It might not really be that big of a deal from a cap perspective.
1: No, I mean, it shouldn't. And the Browns have a lot of money. You know, they still have a lot of money to spend. So, you know, if you want to bring in Pro Bowl players, you know, like the Jamie... Especially here. Yeah. If you want to bring in the Jamie Collins of the world, and you want to bring in and keep the Jarvis Landrys and those kind of guys, you have to pay them, and in some cases, you have to overpay them.
0: Yeah, and then they overpay for Jamie Collins. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that production hasn't quite matched up yet either, but... You bring him in because you know he's a good player, you know he's talented, Right. you know that he gives you something at that linebacker position even if he's not making big plays, and you pay a lot of money for it. And listen, if uh, there's going to come a point in Jamie Collins' contract where they can say, you know what, it's not that expensive for us right. to move on. There's not that much dead money on this contract. right? You know, if, if they want to move on, they can.
1: Right, and you have to pay the Cleveland premium right now. Yeah. Until they start winning football games, until they... Prove it to the NFL world that they are a good, solid franchise, a winning team. Uh, you've got to play, pay the Browns premium.
0: And we're coming off, you know, a half season of Kenny Britt. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. Uh, you're Dwayne Bowe before him signed by Ray Farmer. We've yeah. seen the Browns go out and try and get free agent wide receivers. I don't think Jarvis. I don't think that's going to happen with Jarvis Landry. I think regardless, you're going to get production out of Jarvis Landry. You know what kind of production? I don't know, but he's going to catch the football, right? in the red zone he's a threat. He's not going to be the next Kenny Britt or Dwayne Bowe.
1: No, no, he definitely won't be that. The thing to watch and the, the very interesting thing is that he did clash with yeah. Adam Gase. Now, you know, Adam Gase is a very strong personality too and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really take anything from anybody. If he if he does not like you, you're going to be gone. <laughs> and Jamar Taylor fits into that category mm-hmm. too. For whatever reason, he didn't like Jamar Taylor. Jamar's gone. So he, you know, he's been ushering people out of Miami. If they don't sort of fit what he's looking for in a player. And obviously, uh, Jarvis Landry did not fit. Those two guys butted heads. Um, you know Jarvis Landry got into um, you know a scuffle on the field and was you know that's the thing that you have to look at and wonder about with Jarvis Landry is he going to fall in line and do the things that that, you know that he needs to do here but I one good thing is that his LSU wide receivers coach Adam Henry is here knows him knows how to work with him and already likes him well
0: and this is you know two teams in two different places right I mean Browns Jarvis Landry would have taken this contract from Miami. Miami wasn't going to give it to him. The Browns need Jarvis Landry, and they're willing to give him that type of money. Um, And they have the money to give him, and they're willing to kind of take this chance that Miami wasn't.
1: Yeah, and you know what? We see that a lot. One man's trash is another man's treasure. And the same thing with Jamie Collins. The Patriots were not Mm -hmm. going to give him $12 million a year. They did not feel... That he was worth that. And will he be worth it here? You know, it remains to be seen. Like you said, you know, he still needs to, uh, you know, to step it up and, and be that guy and, and sort of take over games and dominate games a little bit. And same thing with Jarvis Landry. When you reward him with this kind of money, you really need him uh, to be that Pro Bowl player.
0: Well, and the other thing, too, is to go, to go back to that pay discrepancy. As you look at the Browns' key players, you know, Miles Garrett. On his rookie deal, um, you know, there's there's not a lot of guys we can really talk about as key players, right. unfortunately. But um, you know, if Corey Coleman turns into a good receiver this year, mm-hmm. he's still on his rookie deal. They just don't have a lot of guys that are expensive, or a lot of guys that are coming up on new contracts for the next few years. Duke Johnson is coming up, right? But there aren't guys that are just bearing down on free agency right now.
1: No, no, there aren't. So you know, I I think um, you know, I think they've done a, a fairly good job. Of managing that at most of their positions. I mean, even even quarterback right now, they just you know they don't have you know a ton of money invested in the quarterback position. Well, part
0: you know, big part of that is the structure of the roster. They yeah, tore everything down and drafted twenty four guys. And yes, exactly. Had the, a lot of them haven't worked out, but you know it, it's sort of working out in John Dorsey's favor right now at least. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's talk about quarterbacks. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the rookies. Um, potential rookies that could be on this roster next year. Uh, Josh Allen in for a visit this week. Lamar Jackson in for a visit this week. Sam Darnold has been in. Josh Rosen has been in. Baker Mayfield has been in. Any significance that Josh Allen is kind of the, I don't want to say the last man up because Lamar Jackson is coming in after him, but of the big four, Josh Allen is the last man up.
1: Well, you know, originally, and I wrote this, he was supposed to be in last Wednesday, and Sam Darnold ended up coming in last Wednesday, so they are represented by the same agency, so I don't know if they just you know, flip-flopped those two guys. So I don't know if it's very significant that Josh Allen is the last one in. I, you know, I don't know if maybe the Browns wanted to make it look significant that he's the last one in. You know, who knows? But uh we what we do know is there have there has been tons and tons of, of reports, buzz, hype that the Browns are going to take Josh Allen number one overall. And, you know, Dan, I just am not really buying it right now. I mean, they could do it, and maybe they will. But I would kind of be surprised if they did. I, at this point, I still think uh, that they will take Sam Darnold number one overall.
0: Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen is the arm is intriguing, the athleticism is intriguing, but you're gambling on him becoming a pretty big outlier. There's a lot of numbers that are pointing to is Josh Allen going to be able to become an NFL quarterback? And maybe and I know you've written a lot about this. You talked to Jordan Palmer about this. Um, you know, maybe there is just an underlying cause that has been fixed, uh, and that's what you'd be gambling on—that that 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 has been fixed.
1: Yeah, but can you make a gamble at number one overall? Yeah, I think yeah, that's the problem. And you know what? There there are issues with Sam Darnold too. Obviously, uh-huh. they've been well documented—the fact that he turns the ball over, the fact that he fumbles the ball. But it seems to me that his accuracy and his anticipation—they don't have to—they don't have to worry about getting that into him or fixing that. Whereas with, with Josh Allen, they have to fix his accuracy. They have to continue to fix his accuracy. Now, when it all comes together, like Hugh Jackson said, it's beautiful. He throws a beautiful ball. Uh, and as Josh, uh, as Jordan Palmer told me, he's never seen anything like it. So there's a lot to like. And, you know, I like, I like yeah. Josh Allen. I do like Josh Allen. But I understand why people are afraid of him. Uh, you know, I totally get it because you are banking on on a projection and thinking that, okay, if he goes out there and really tries to burn this new footwork into muscle memory, he's going to be a consistently accurate quarterback, and he's got an unbelievable arm, and a lot of other things too. Mobility, smarts, you know, he, he scored a 37 on the Wunderlich. Um, I've heard that he does really well up on the whiteboard. So there's a lot to like about him, and again, I would struggle with the decision because I like him enough that i might actually take that chance <laughs> on him at number 1 overall but i don't know that the browns would
0: see and i wouldn't either yeah. i i just i can't i can't get on the josh allen bandwagon yeah. I, i've i've given it a chance and look you know i completely acknowledge that if this guy turns in if all these things come together he's going to be incredible i mean i've seen some of the throws he was able to make i just i just can't get on the the josh allen bandwagon um the other thing that that would worry me is once you bring a guy in like that and he's your third string quarterback, those reps dry up really quickly um, so you'd have you'd get into the season you know how much work can he actually get on the field as you're preparing I mean this team's trying to win games this year that's clear yeah. So if Tyrod Taylor's your one, if Drew Stanton is your two, there's not a ton of reps there for Josh Allen all of a sudden.
1: No, they're going to have to have a plan for him because if he is going to get the work that he needs to get, uh, they're going to have to work with him in in some very creative ways to get him what he needs. They're going to w- have to work with him off to the side. Drew Stanton's going to have to worry, yeah. work with him. He's going to have to get some of those second-team reps. Drew Drew Stanton doesn't really need the reps That's true. in the way that Josh Allen does. So I think a lot of those you know scout team reps or whatever that would be going to Drew Stanton uh, would have to go to Josh Allen if they want to have... Uh, or Sam Darnold, if they want to have a good quarterback when it comes time to to actually play him
0: yeah and I, and I've said this before the other thing is he's not going to take a hit until they get to New York in august that's right. that's the next time that Josh Allen is going to have to work under the type of pressure where he could take a hit from someone so right. um you know there, there's a lot of a lot of gambles, all of these guys are gambles though honestly, yes. Baker Mayfield would be a gamble. Um, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, you mentioned some of the things with him. All all of these guys, there's no surefire number one in this draft.
1: You know, I just start to get skeptical when all of a sudden, you know, two weeks before the draft you start hearing a name, you know, they're going Josh Allen. It's just coming out of everywhere, right? Um, So it just, you know, it just leads me to believe that maybe uh, the Browns want that out there for some reason. But you know what? Who knows? They could surprise us. I think that uh, John Dorsey has done a phenomenal job of of playing it close to the vest, of letting teams know that he's open for business, and um, and just uh, you know, just doing everything that he can uh, to make teams guess what he's about to do.
0: Friend of Dorsey has been very uh, very busy lately. Yeah, <laughs> in uh, in, uh, in national media. Um, and, and the other the thing about John Dorsey too, when he's talked to us, he's been very coy. Right after, right after they introduced all their new acquisitions, someone asked him about you know agreeing to the trades before the new league year started, and he kind of laughed and said, "Well, I essentially said, well, I showed up at the building today, and here these guys were." Yeah. So he didn't even really want to talk about that stuff. Um, so these right. we're gonna get him next Thursday, I believe. Yes. So he's been playing it very coy.
1: Yeah he he really has and. You know, here's the thing about John Dorsey. He doesn't really know everyone in the building very well yet. I mean, he only came onto the scene a couple of weeks, uh, with a couple of weeks left into the regular season. So he doesn't even know who he can trust. So who knows what he's doing? Maybe he's putting a bug in someone's ear to see if it gets out. True. You know what I mean? He's got to figure out what he's got going on. And also... Um, you know the other thing I think to watch for after the draft is probably a little bit more of a shakeup in the personnel department.
0: Yeah, because obviously he came on in December. A lot of that work was done, um, and now, yep. And we see that a lot, right? In the yep. NFL, you always kind of get those headlines where people are like, "I can't believe a team would do that," but it happens a lot in this league. Right? You know, the personnel people are there; they've done all the work. You kind of need to keep them around until you shake up the entire part of the
1: office there. Yeah, I mean, I would think that he, he might even be able to... He might even be keeping higher-level people in the building guessing on just exactly what he's thinking at one and four. Yeah. I mean, that would not surprise me at this point.
0: All right, um, let's talk about four, um, because the names there that, that you would think would be, you know, Bradley Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Minka Fitzpatrick, and it turns out the Browns have not had... Fitz had any of those guys in for one of their 30 visits. Um, They talked to Chubb and Fitzpatrick at the Combine, not Barkley. Right. Uh, Anything to take away from that?
1: You know, I find it odd. I mean, if you really are thinking about taking Saquon Barkley, I would think that you would do one of these three things. Interview him at the Combine. Work him out privately, or bring him in for a private visit. They have Mm -hmm. done none of those things. Now, the only thing that I will say about him, though, is that he is such a clean prospect from an off-the-field standpoint, and there's so much good tape on him. You've seen enough of what he can do. You know, you you saw what he could do at the combine with your own two eyes. Uh, So, you know, they might not need to bring him in to go ahead and draft him at number four, anyways. Uh, So it either means that. Or, and I find this hard to believe, or it means they're seriously thinking about not taking him anywhere at all. But I don't know how you couldn't at least, like, really give him solid, strong consideration from everything that I've heard about him.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless you're just absolutely opposed to taking a running back that high, which is which is possible. Right. I mean, Green Bay never really did that. Right. Kansas City, of course, never really did that. So maybe, maybe that's the one... We talk about analytics and, and how the Browns have moved away from that a little bit. Maybe that's one of those areas where they're still buying into that. Like, you just don't take a running back at number
1: four. Yeah, I you know, I don't know. Um, and then again, um, like you said, they did not do private workouts with Minka Fitzpatrick and Bradley Chubb. Um, you know, I also find that a little bit odd because I would have to think that those three guys that we're talking about would be the top three contenders for them at number 4 overall. So does this mean they're thinking about trading back? Um, or do they do they know what they did they know enough already about all of these guys? Um I don't know. Just to not bring them in and and not spend that private time with them if you're going to invest a number 4 overall pick in the guy. It, it's kind of unheard of.
0: Yeah, and you know, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they really like Denzel Ward. Maybe who came in for that local visit. We right. just talked about him on our, our Facebook Live Draft show. Um, maybe they really like him at, at corner.
1: You know what? I mean, who knows? At least they got an opportunity to look at him because when those guys come into town, the locals, they are allowed to work out here. Mm-hmm. Now, if you did bring, let's, say, let's just say, a Saquon Barkley into Cleveland, you can't work him out here anyways. So you'd be mostly trying to get to know him as a person, talking to him and those sorts of things. Um, so... Maybe they just didn't feel like they needed to do that. Maybe they felt they had enough good information on, on them as people that they did not have to do that. But you're right. They brought in Denzel Ward and a, a number of other guys. But it seems like the uh, you know obviously the biggest name guys that they have brought in are the quarterbacks.
0: Um, with that number four pick then, mentioning trading down, I mean, how far is too far? I think a lot of people are looking at Buffalo. Well, I'll put you down to number 12. You'd probably get 22. Maybe you'd get a first-round pick next year. Probably something else in this draft, maybe a third-rounder in this draft. Yeah. Is that a deal you would be interested in if you were John Dorsey?
1: You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you want to go back that far, but I think there might be other opportunities uh, to move back to number five uh, with Denver or something like that. I mean, you know, maybe you can slip back a spot or two, and still get the player, the impact player that you want. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know how, how deep they're going in terms of, I mean, hey, if you've got eight players ranked the same, yeah, then you can go back to number 12, and you'd be happy with any one of those guys. <laughs> so um, not really sh- sure how he has his board stacked yet. And if you can pick up an extra first-rounder again, that's always an attractive thing to do. Yeah,
0: I mean, maybe there's somebody who everyone's projecting as a late first-rounder that John Dorsey just loves and he would take him at 12. You just don't know. I mean, I guess that's what makes the draft so interesting when we actually finally get to draft day. That's what makes it so interesting is seeing how teams, you know, all these rumors, that's it. The cards go on the table. We get to really see how teams feel
1: about guys. Yeah, And you know what? I mean, the draft in most towns is not anywhere near inter- <laughs> as interesting as it is here in Cleveland. I mean, really, when you think about this, I mean, my goodness. Number one, number four, 33, 35, and 64. <laughs> I mean, you, if you get this right, you can absolutely 100% transform your team and set yourself up for a long playoff run with this draft alone if you nail these picks. Well, and then we
0: won't be spending All this time. Everybody loves the draft, but we wouldn't be spending from October until April talking about it.
1: Right. I'm telling you right now. Over in uh, Pittsburgh, you know, (laughs) our friend Ed Bouchette and Jerry Dulac. (laughs)
0: They've probably gotten some vacation time in. Yeah.
1: They're probably outside golfing today. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, we've written, you know, hundreds and hundreds of draft stories on Cleveland.com since the end of the season. This doesn't happen everywhere. This is a unique draft and uh and they can really if they like i said they, if they really get this right i mean it could this team could go gangbusters well and
0: it's a perfect storm too because when you if you talk to national writers and some of them have said it publicly that they write about the browns on purpose mm-hmm. because they know the browns no matter what move right. the needle so now you've got the browns for the second year in a row with the number 1 pick a new gm yep. all of this stuff so it's just It's going to be every day. You're going to have something about the Browns getting written, getting said, getting talked about because they are the the center of the draft universe, which is, you know, because it's from September through December, they're certainly not the center of the NFL universe. Right. So they're trying to fix that now.
1: But you know what? I, I, I think that they can win some games this year. Oh, yeah. Because I think if they get this draft right... And, you know, with some of the the younger guys that are growing up a little bit and the the guys that they have brought in, uh, I think they should be able to win some football games this year. Of course, I think it all comes down to the quarterback position. You've got to get good quarterback play. But if they get good play out of Tyrod Taylor or whoever's going to start for them at quarterback, um, you know, I think that makes all the difference in the world. That and turnovers. If they're not turning the ball (laughs) over and they're getting some takeaways – you know, I think that they should and could win six or seven games this year.
0: Well, and that goes to roster construction, too. Yeah. You know, they've decided to go out and spend money and bring in veterans, which is what you're supposed to do. Right. And not, you know, not ridiculous amounts of money. Obviously, Jarvis Landry, we talked about off the top, got a ton of money. Um, but they have brought in guys that can start week one. And so now you're not going to be bringing in what are they at, nine picks now? Yep. You know, in the past it was 12, 10 picks, 24 picks in the last two years. All these guys aren't going to come in and suddenly get thrown into the fire. Right. You know, you have a starting free safety. You have two starting cornerbacks. You have starting wide receivers now. You have veterans that have been there that have played. Um, And if a rookie wants to take their job, they have to come and take their job. It's not just going to be handed to you because – We don't have anybody else on the the team that can play that position.
1: Right, and I think that, you know, John Dorsey has made it perfectly clear, and he actually said it in a radio interview at one point, that, you know, I want to bring some real football players in here. And he's ushered out a lot of guys already. Yeah, And I think you'll see even more of that as we go along here over the next couple of months. I mean, you know, I still have to think, you know, is Corey Coleman going to be on this team on the first day of the season? I, I think that his name will be at least bandied about on draft day and maybe even thereafter he's sort of the symbol of the sashi brown regime he needs to step it up and uh you know i still think that you know there are guys like that on this team that have to kind of watch their back a little
0: well yeah and i mean i think he's a great example of that you draft him and there's nobody there to kind of pump the brakes on him a little bit he's just he's out there right away he's got to start you know last year too same thing um You know, you went into last year with Ed Reynolds as your starting free safety. Well, what happens? Ed Reynolds gets hurt, so now Jabril Peppers has to move over there. And you should have never been in a situation where that position depended on a guy like Ed Reynolds. Right. So, I mean, mean, those were some of the flaws in in that roster construction and that plan that you took all these rookies and just threw them out there because you didn't have anybody else. Yeah,
1: and of course, you know, there are some issues. They have to look at left tackle. I mean, is Sean Coleman going to be able to step in and be... Uh, The left tackle that they need him to be, Uh, they're probably also going to draft one. And you know, if you're going to get a good one, you're probably going to have to get him at least in the second round. Uh, So they that's a that's a very key position. Although with Tyrod Taylor being a mobile quarterback, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not as imperative. You know, he's not just going to be you know a sitting duck back there. Um, You know, so it you know it's not like they have to have somebody of Joe Thomas's caliber right away because Tyrod can escape some trouble, but. Um, still, there are some issues on the team that they have going into the season.
0: Yeah, it's it's certainly not perfect. Um, we did a video a couple weeks ago. Where I think we we kind of came up with seven wins as a bar, yeah. not necessarily a prediction, but like a bar. As right. To, you can maybe if things go right, they could win seven games. Right. You know that if they go six and ten, seven and nine, I think that's a probably. <laughs> That's probably pretty good progress for a team that was one and thirty-one in the last two years. Yeah, even and you know five what? and eleven, you could make a case. Right, would be progress.
1: Right, and you have to expect that. I mean, look, Miles Garrett missed the first four games yeah. of last season, uh, and still ended up having a good season. So you would have to expect that if he's healthy this year, uh, you know, that he should be taking it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he comes in. And, you know, he missed a significant amount of training camp, too. So if he has a whole training camp... And And he had a
0: concussion, too, in the middle of the season. Yeah.
1: So if he starts the season and can stay healthy, he should be in double-digit sacks next year. Like you said, Jabril Peppers, he should be at his natural position of strong safety and make an impact there. He's a heavy hitter, a big hitter. Uh, He should be able to make an impact there. Then you brought in, uh, again, you know, Demarius Randall, Jarvis Landry, Tyrod Taylor... Um, you got Chris Hubbard coming in. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of reasons to think that things should be better.
0: Well, they're, they're clearly trying to make things better. Um, you know, we've seen it before. We'll see what happens here yeah. in two weeks when they make a whole bunch of draft picks, uh, especially on those first two days of the draft. Um, and, of course, we'll have full coverage of it um, at cleveland.com. And we're doing a draft event um, on the 23rd, I think pretty much at capacity there, but I'm sure there will be video of it on the site of you, me, I believe Doug, LeMaurice, uh, we're going to talk all things NFL Draft that week of the draft, so um, that should be exciting as well, so a lot of things coming up.
1: Looking forward to that.
0: Alright everybody, thanks for listening.